Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Believe in Commanders podcast. So glad to have you guys here. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, as as always, joined by my guy, Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, how are you doing, my friend? What is up, Brian? I'm I'm tired. We're back to the evening recording. We 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 treated Taylor right, right. and let him do something in the morning. And now we punish ourselves and get to work at the evening again. <laughs> exactly. Burn the candle at both ends for sure. Um, I'm back from the beach, so I wish I was still at the beach if I was being honest with you. I know you're headed that way soon, so I'm jealous of you in that regard. But as always, the NFL and especially the commanders – uh, never sleeps, and so we got some stuff to talk about before training camp gets started here. Yeah, training camp starting on July twenty seventh. I think that's it right. is. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, that's next week. I know. You got guys reporting. Um, you know, shoot. there's a lot of nerves, nervous people that are you know anxious and ready to rock, and and I'm I'm ready to watch. So you know, let's get into this. Yeah. So to to me, it kind of strikes me as like your first day of high school as a freshman you're probably a little bit terrified you get kind of used to it your sophomore year by junior and senior year you're good to go so I'm just kind of imagining what some of those rookies and young guys are thinking about going into their first camp oh yeah that's the good thing is that you've already went against NFL competition right right you've you've gone against you know William Jackson I'm I'm speaking if I'm as a receiver right you've Mm -hmm. gone against William Jackson you've gone against you know, Fuller, um, you've gone against vets, right? But now you got to put on the pads. That's right. And that's, that's what's a, it's like a whole other ball game. It's like another chapter that they got to pull out and say, hey, now how do you handle this? Yeah. All right, well, let's jump into it. We each came up with three headlines that we are specifically looking at here as the commanders open camp up. So what is your first headline? What is one thing that you are looking at right off the bat when the pads start hitting there in Ashburn? I want to see the rookies have their welcome to the league moment. And it doesn't mean they have to get, you know, blasted or just get blown out. But you just know that, like I said, you put on the pads and the game is different. Things speed up. Um, I mean, I told you a few episodes ago, my first training camp in Miami, I I ran up there to, to, you know, settle up against the safety and he dropped the shoulder in my chest. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm I'm here now, right? So mm-hmm. you're gonna see those things. I mean, obviously, the first couple of days, you know, it's like shells, and it takes I think what two or three days before they're actually gonna put pads on. But those pads are coming. Like Jahan Dotson, I want to see how he handles the press. I want to see how he handles that physicality um, at the position. Not doubting him, I just know that being being a guy that comes with speed, he's gonna get challenged at the line of scrimmage. That's gonna be his biggest thing. Um, and I have another one too, Brian Robinson. Okay. I want to see what he does. Um, I was reading reading an article. I think it was Hogs Haven. They had a good article about it. Um, and I and I thought this before I read it. I think that the key for Brian Robinson is if he can one show that he's able to do pass protection, and two have ball security. It's going to equal a lot of playing time for him. Um, so being able to handle that throughout practice and and being able to stack good days back uh, behind each other, it's it's going to mean he's going to be on the field a lot. And it doesn't mean that Gibson's not going to get a lot of action. It's just that he won't have to run the ball so many times. Like you can be a little bit more, mm, what's the word, selective about his touches. You know what I mean? 
I think that's huge. And I think that's really important. And that kind of leans into my first one. And I, I kind of go on the offensive and defensive side of the ball when I'm asking this question, where are the playmakers? Where are they going to come from on this team? I think that this team could be sneakily pretty good on the offensive side of the ball. If Jahan Dotson, you know, uh, has a good first year, you know, if Cole Turner, some of these young guys get involved, if Logan Thomas comes back healthy, we know Terry McLaurin, but there are going to have to be some guys to step up and where are those playmakers going to come from? Is it going to be a Brian Robinson who makes a play on, you know, maybe his limited touches? Is Curtis Samuel going to prove that he's healthy? Is he going to go out there and make some plays for them? You know, we've seen Cam Sims, you know, he's been up and down. Can he make some plays? I think that they, that some of these guys need to show that they are playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, the same thing. I want to see this secondary getting after it. I want to hear reports coming from training camp where a guy like, uh, you know, Derek Forrest is just breaking up every play that, that he's involved in. I want to hear some of these defensive guys are making it so hard on the offense that they're having to tone it down a little bit. I just want to see some guys getting after it. It's a few of these guys that they, they're a couple years into the system couple years into the league and I think it's now time to make that next step and and go from a okay solid team to to making some plays and 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 being a playmaker out there so I'm really looking to to read up on some of these snippets that we see from training camp and hearing that guys are flying all over the field that's what I'm excited about I I I'm with you on the playmakers because frankly that's kind of how I got on was just being able to make plays and I know this is a different team it's a rival rival but when I was with Dallas Jason Witten he he would just tell me hey just, just keep stacking good days behind each other make a right. play every day and that's what he was told and that's a very simple mantra that any of these young guys and especially like undrafted guys you're gonna just you know one you have to show up and show that you know what you're doing and you're gonna gain that trust um, and if you're able to make plays and keep take care of the football Coaches generally are going to find a place for you. And, and you were talking about that defense. That leads into my second story. I like what we're doing here. Yeah, we're working man, off each other. We cooking now. <laughs> uh, I read an article about Benjamin St. Juice. He's, yes. been, he's been moved into the slot. All right? And, and that's, that's interesting because last year he only played outside on the edge. Now, obviously, we have, you have Fuller. You have William Jackson. The outside is sewn up. And what you, ideally, those guys can handle their own. And then, that, then there's going to be the second-year player who has never played inside the slot. He's going to have a very, very important role. Um, he's getting a lot of one-on-one ten- attention from, uh, from DB coach Chris Harris. Um, but, I mean, at 6'3", 200 pounds, 200-plus, he should be a mismatch for just about any player that he sees in the slot receiver-wise. I personally think that he has the size – and could potentially have the ability to match up with some of those pass-catching tight ends that, that, that show up that really don't block that much. Um, and it made me think about, remember when the Packers had Charles Woodson playing nickel? Oh, yeah. And that was their base set. They always played nickel. And Charles Woodson would kind of be this hybrid linebacker and obviously slot uh, DB. And he, he would just kind of move all the way around. And I'm, and, and I'm not saying that uh, St. Juice is Charles Woodson. Obviously, sure, I mean, that's, that's high, high praise. Yeah, and sure. if he becomes anything like that, then Washington is in a really good position. Well, and I think that, you know, a lot of teams have guys on the defensive side of the ball that people have to game plan for, right? Obviously, Aaron Donald, I mean, there are some studs out there, but I think it's time that Washington does some stuff that 
other teams have to game plan for. Like I, I, I want to see more this year that they're wreaking havoc and that teams are having to adjust to the defensive looks that they're giving as opposed to Washington, you know, having to react to something that they see. I want to see some of these guys, like you said, St. Juice or, or, or Curl moving around the field, a guy that the, that the offenses have to, to look out for. I think that that's going to be the difference. And I think that they – I really think a couple of years ago we saw what this defense was capable of. And I think now, you know, they took a step back last year, a lot of injuries, a lot of moving parts there. But I think that this year some of those guys need to wreak some havoc. And I think it can start with a guy like St. Juice. And I think he needs to live up to his potential. And, you know, you're, you're right. I don't, I don't know that he'll be at Charles Woodson level right now. That would be pretty sweet. But I think that they, they should have some game records out there that can make a difference. 100%. And, I mean, it, he's, he's, he, from what it sounds like, he's a, he's a quick learner. You know, he's, he's a, they, they call him a sponge. They say he's like a sponge. He takes in the information. He's able to put it back on the field. Um, and like I said before, unscripted periods, those are going to be the ones. I want to see how he does when it's real football, you right. know. So I'm cheering for St. Juice to do well. Um, I want to see him improve. Okay. And then so I'm moving on to my second. It kind of it kind of leans in staying on the defensive side of the football. The first-round pick from last year, Jamin Davis. I got to see him making some plays. I don't care that it's just in pads and shorts. I don't care what it is. I just want to hear Jamin Davis. I want to hear good things Uh, because last year was a little rough and he got some criticism and, you know, online and especially Twitter are are not fair and not nice. So I've already seen the B word thrown out there in terms of a a, a bust and I'm nowhere near that. But I do want to see, you know, a first round linebacker who has got some ridiculous speed out there making plays. It's kind of going back to what I said. I want to see these guys causing some havoc, wreaking some havoc. I want to see Jamin Davis take a really good grasp of this defense and and be a thorn in the offensive side all summer long. I just that's what I'm really hoping for. I hope that he takes that next step and he gets some confidence. And then that leads into the preseason, which leads into the regular season. And we're seeing 52 making some game changing plays. So I think he has the speed and the athletic ability. But but it's got to start here and it's got to start in training camp. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I like Davis. Uh, you know, when he got drafted coming in, and it it was kind of a project type of a guy. I mean, you know, really fast, and you can't coach speed. And you so you see with the way the league is going, pass catching tight end really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, receivers, a lot of people in the slot, running backs that are getting out running routes. Like you have to be able to keep up with these guys and. It it does take a few it takes a few reps, especially at his position. He has a lot going on. You, know, you right. got to call the defense. You got to identify the front. You got to you know. There's a lot of lot going on. So ideally, hopefully, he's everything. The game will start to slow down for him. He can he can just go play ball and react to things, um, and then stay in good body position. Oftentimes, you have a lot of speed. You rely on it. These quarterbacks are too good. The route runners are too good. I mean, the ball's going to be perfectly placed, even though you think you're there. Um, it's going to be one step ahead of you. I want to go, I'm going to go back over here to the offensive side and it's really the offense as a whole. Okay. I just want to see how well and how quickly they come together and how they gel. You know, you have a new quarterback, Arson Wentz, right? Um, so that's number one. Yeah, they, they've been throwing in Cali. They had the offseason together and they traded for him as early as they could. So you maximize the offseason. Um, but you want to see how the, they deal with adversity. In camp, there's going to be good days and bad days. 
it happens up and down. I mean, the first couple of days, the defense is always winning because they're they're ahead. Like defense is only putting in like three coverages, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna play two, they're gonna play three, and they're gonna play man. But the offense is putting in like 30 plays, you know, and then the next day we're putting in 30 more plays. And then another, you know, so defense just adds wrinkles and they, you know, kind of can play different techniques and try to confuse you, but it's essentially gonna get to either a two high or a single high look eventually. Um, but the offense, they have to be on the same page, 11 players at the same time, all working together. Um, and and the, the last part about that offense is what is Scott Turner going to do? How is he going to imp- get those playmakers to show mm-hmm. up that you're looking for? Um, I want to see how he utilizes all the weapons. You know, I wouldn't be surprised um, if you see uh, Brian Robinson have success carrying the football and, and can pass pro. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, like, let's just say a – Three receiver, three receiver, two two running back set, right? Go with a little split back gun or something like that. And then you can motion Gibson out and move him around and see what you get. But then you still have Robinson in the backfield with ideally a favorable box that you could run against. So that's one thing. Or you have yeah. a guy that hopefully can pass pro and then you can you can throw. I'm thinking Alvin Kamara. You know, see if Gibson can be that guy, right? The slasher, you know, option route runner. Make it easy on Carson Wentz. Take what you can get, and then eventually those big plays are going to go. They're going to show up. Uh, Terry's going to get his, but I, I want to see how this offense comes together when these pads get going. Yeah, that's such a that's such a solid point. Is Antonio Gibson being the former wide receiver? How can they utilize him in space and get him out there and 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 do some some fun things with him that I think has been lacking a little bit and so that's why my my third and final one kind of ties in with that I'm just looking at number 11 I'm looking at Carson Wentz how is he getting the ball out does he have a command of the offense you know um, is he spreading the ball around to these guys that we think can can really you know make some plays in space I just want to hear you know that he has a real command of the offense and I know I know like you're saying it takes some time to gel and I think obviously he's kind of a new voice and you know, I get all that, but I want to hear that he is, he's taking it over and I want to get some excitement building early on. I want to hear that he's throwing some bombs to Terry and I know that training camp's not everything, but I just want to hear these exciting plays knowing that, you know, for the first time in a while, I think Washington has a quarterback that can make these plays. You know, I want to hear about the zip that he has on his arm, putting it in between guys that, you know, throws we haven't seen in a long time in Washington. So all, all, both of those last two points for both of us kind of tie together is, you know, what is Carson Wentz doing and, and how is he spreading it around and what does that offense look like? Because I really think, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying not to be a homer, but I think if things go the right way that this could be a sneaky good offense. I think that it could flirt with, you know, around the top half of the league and, uh, you know, if things break right, you know, could win you some games where it's been a while since the offense has really been the dominant force uh, in Washington. And I think that it's got a, a good shot and really, you know, going back to, to what I said, it, it starts with number 11 and I want to see what he does out there as the point. It guard. does. It does start up front, but I will, I will say you do need to hit some of these plays in training camp. Like mm-hmm. even though it, it, it's not, everything but it does build that confidence right Mm -hmm. if you know that hey i can look over there and 17 is going to win one for me or i can look over there and dotson is going to win one for me like he's going to be willing you know carson will be willing to take those shots and those guys will go make those plays you start building that trust within each other it's one thing to be able to operate the offense and and be confident in it 
But there's another thing to be like, man, look, I need to play. We need to play right now. All right. I'm going to make this throw. I need you to make this catch. Terry's shown the, the ability to make catch in any, in any situation. Right. Right. So now, you know, the other guys are going to have to show up and do that. And once you start having it, as much as they've raved about Jahan Dotson's hands, I mean, I would like to think that he's going to be able to make some plays as well. So you start putting those good things together, it, 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 that momentum builds. It's like a snowball. It's just mm-hmm. a snowball because you, you know there's certain plays I'm going to win this one. You know, Carson's going to hit me on this one. I know it's going to come my way. And it just it ends up working out beautifully whenever those things happen. I'm excited for it. So look out for those headlines and more as training camps get started. And we'll definitely be checking in on them and, and seeing where things are at as they get going next week. So uh, this week we've also seen Madden ratings come out. And I know I texted you and we texted a little bit about this. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on a couple of different things as a former player. Um, but so Madden ratings came out. How important are those? How realistic are those? What are your thoughts as a former player now as a, as a guy that's watching and covering football? How has it changed? What do Madden ratings mean to you? What do they mean to guys right now? And how big of a deal is that for, for guys in the locker room? The Madden ratings are, it's almost everything. I mean, it means a lot mm-hmm. because, I mean, you're on the game, right? Like that's the, first being on the game is, is, is an honor. Like I've, I've made a couple of Maddens and I, I've kept those discs. Um, yes, they were on discs. Nice. And <laughs> like, I've kept those just because it's like, I know that when I load this up, like my name's going to be on there. The ranking may not be that high, but I got a little bit of speed. I did complain about my speed once. I was like, yo, ain't no way I'm slower than Des Bryant. Y'all got to give me like two more points. And so they, <laughs> I ended up getting two points. Uh, nice. Fun fact. Um, one of the guys that's down there, he's been with EA for a long time, former Washington uh, lineman, Clint Oldenburg. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He used to be in Washington. That's, that's where I know him from. Uh, so every time like I see something about the game, I, I message him and we joke about it a little bit. But um, the Madden, Madden rankings, they, it means a lot, right? I mean, it's always – it's kind of in jest, but, like, you don't want to be a low-ranked player. You don't want to have – 80 85 speed and you're like man 85 because when you turn the game on you go go to the depth chart and i take number 13 and i move <laughs> joey galloway out the way and i throw myself up there at the go. top and you're like why is this super low rated guy he's got 90 some odd speed mm-hmm. you know i put myself in the game um so i mean it's, it, it it is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and it is it's kind of fun to kind of poke at at the rankings because you're like, man, I'm rated higher than you and uh, go back and forth about certain things. Uh, but most people end up complaining about it just, just a little bit. I do think they matter though. Just a taste. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pride thing. I would get it. If I, you know, I, I, my game has been built on speed and it's dipped a little bit there. I want to know what, what they're thinking and why they're not watching me. I totally get it. Um, one thing that I thought was really awesome, the, so they're kind of have released it in waves. So I think we've seen wide receivers, uh, pass rushers and running backs, maybe tight ends. I'm not sure. But one thing that stood out to me was that Terry McLaurin is definitely getting some respect in the world of Madden. He was ranked as a top 10 wide receiver ranked at number 91, uh, or I'm sorry, ranked 91 overall, just above Amari Cooper right there with Keenan Allen. Um, but I thought that was indicative of how the, the league views Terry McLaurin. I thought that was a cool uh, cap tip to him. I think that, that, that it shows that 
he's a legit player. And it's not just, you know, Washington fans that are, that are noticing it's the entire league. Yeah. hundred percent. He, he is one of, he is one of those guys. And when you look at it and he's sitting at ninth, uh, they have him just behind Keenan Allen, even though they're mm-hmm. both ranked 91. Mike Evans is a 92. Uh, Justin Jefferson's a 93. Uh, we don't have to, I mean, you can go further. Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, 97. DeAndre Hopkins, yep. 96. You know, Stephon Diggs, 95. All those guys are well-deserving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Terry, I, I love that he's in that top 10. Um, and, you know, after that, it gets into it gets a little squirrely. You've seen people kind of complaining that, that Terry's higher ranked higher than DK Metcalf or, or, or Debo Samuel. And I argue the fact that Terry, he's, he's been able to put multiple years together, stack yep. them up. And it's not saying that DK hasn't been, you know, a good player. I mean, he's, he's at an 89 and that ain't nothing but like one good game and an update away for him being up there. Right. Um, who else are we talking about? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is 87. Right, and they're like, why is he ranked down there? I'm like, because he's a rookie. Right. He's only been in the league one year. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Got to prove it. Yeah. Like Justin Jefferson is very – I mean, same school, same position, right? He's now – he's a 93, but he had to have two years of just stellar performance to get up there. Mm-hmm. And then that's why you see Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, those guys are holding – Amari Cooper holding on to those 90, 91, 90s, and 89 because they've, they've been doing it for a long time. But I, a couple of good games by Debo, DK, uh, Jamar – the, the updates will happen and they'll jump up there quickly. Yeah. And when I love that Terry McLaurin is getting some credit because he's done it with seven, eight guys, whereas DK Metcalf has had Russell Wilson throwing to him for the majority of his career. Yeah. I mean, Hall you gotta, of Famer. Yeah, you gotta you gotta, you know, give Terry some credit for what he's been able to do with let's face it, a pretty bad quarterback room over his first few years. So I just really like that he's getting some credit there from uh, across the league as well. So uh, edge rushers also came out. This was one that I saw, um, you know, some of the, the obvious one, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Uh, I guess they kind of throw in linebackers here as well. But down at 86 overall was Chase Young. What are your thoughts on that? I thought that that was interesting. Um, you know, it looks like he's like a top 30-ish. Uh, you know, it, they kind of, like I said, they kind of throw in the ends and the linebackers kind of together, yeah. all of those edge players. What are your thoughts on Chase Young being at, there at 86? 86, is it's not a bad position to be at. I mean, what, two points behind Micah Parsons. Um, and it, it goes back to, like, Jamar Chase. I mean, he, he had a really good year. Chase had a really – both Chases. Uh, no, Chase yeah. Young. Chase Young had – he had, you know, came out strong and he got injured, right? And so – in my eyes, they're not knocking him for that injury. They're going to assume, hey, you're going to come back to the way that you were, and then you're going to improve from there. Um, he's another guy that I think will probably have a fast de- development trade on the game. Um, and he's a special player. He's a special player. The, the good thing about this, though, is that it's all fluid. Like, yeah. if you don't like your rating, go ball out on Sunday. You, right. you don't like your rating, go get four sacks. I promise yeah. you, you get some more points. It reminds me that there was a year, two couple years ago, Tariq Cohen from uh, Chicago. Yep. He came on the game. I think he was an X Factor or a superstar, something. And then, like, first update, he, like, dropped all the way down to, like, having normal dev trade. And they just, you know, got rid of it. It was a fast decline, but it was like, man, it's, it kind of sucks to see. But that just lets you know all of this thing is fluid. All of these yeah. things are fluid. 
Um, so one quick Madden question. I know that you uh, are tight with Brandon Banks, right? Um, uh, I swear there was a story when he threw that pass to uh, Santana Moss on a trick play. I swear that Madden, that was the first time Madden found out he was left-handed. Did you ever hear anything about that? Um, I did not hear about that, but that, that would be a funny. I, I, <laughs> I really like, oh. think, I mean, obviously they never had, they never knew what handy was. I swear I saw that somewhere. I'm going to have to that, confirm that. But That um, sounds like it could be a real thing because, I mean, why would you, why would you ever assume? I mean, that's not a question that they really care about for receivers until he right. throws the ball and you're like, what are they doing with the left hand? I could be totally off base, but I thought I remember that because it Hell, was I such don't a think crazy... I knew he was left-handed when I think about it. <laughs> Do you remember that play I'm talking about? Oh, it yeah. was against the oh, Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He ran a little like a little toss kind of reverse coming back towards yeah. our sideline. And then Santana was going down the edge and he caught the ball, did a little spin, got yep. in the end zone. It was a hype, hype day. That was yeah. a hell of a play. Hell of a throw by young Brandon Banks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I swear I saw that somewhere. I'll have to look it up and maybe you can ask him if he knows, but uh, I, that's one of those quirky things that I, that I remember. So are you a, are you a Madden player? Do you get it every year, year in and year out? I do. I do. I've been playing a, a franchise with same few guys for, you know, a long time feels like, I, I guess since I might, since I was playing, I guess. So, nice. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, we play a little simulation style. So that's like supposed to be realistic. We brought a few, few other guys in who, who kind of run up the score a little bit too much for my liking, but um, it's, it's a fun thing, way to interact. I mean, stay connected to the game. I, I tend to find myself running plays that I have ran before. Okay. Uh, nice. Like uh, I'll go and work with the McVay offense or Shan, Kyle Shanahan. And I'm excited to see what the uh, Miami Dolphins offense looked like. Cause those plays, like when I run them, I'm like, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. You know what I mean? So I'm right. I'm doing it like I like I was in the team meeting, you know. So mm-hmm. I I, uh, I I love the game. I have a lot of fun with it. I did play the beta for Madden 23, and I think the I think the play style is more realistic. It felt nice. like pro ball. Like the pass rush gets there super fast. A lot of people don't like that, but when you go and look and see who these pass rushers are, like they get there in two and a half seconds, folks. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry you have two and a half seconds on the game and you're upset that you couldn't throw the ball, but that's how the league is. Like there's, you don't roll out every play and just wait 12 seconds. Like that's not how it goes. Right. right. So I, in- I'm excited. Do you play? Are you on there? So I used to get it every year. I mean, I would be at Walmart, you know, at midnight getting the, the first copy. Like I, I had it from, Marshall Falk in uh, 03 was the, probably the first one I got for PlayStation 2. And then I probably went up to, man, maybe the Richard Sherman year, whatever year that was. Okay. I, I would play it year in year. I, I've dipped off on video games, but if I do play it, I mean, it is a sport uh, game. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Madden. I love following it. I kind of watch it now more than anything. Like, I love watching tournaments and that kind of thing. and. And, and also keeping up with the ratings because I think it's really cool to see how, you know, I think it's really cool how guys care about their ratings. I think I, I think it's cool that it's important to them. So I love that side of things. And so I, I'm a big fan of the game. I just have dipped off in my own playing over the last few years. I understand. I'm, shoot, I only play late at night. I don't get to play 
you know, as often as I yeah. used to. It's just like everybody's asleep and I've done all my, my chores. Okay, I can go play the game a little bit. Right. Well, so now I've moved over to a Switch, which is just kind of fun to play, kind of handheld, or can throw it on the TV. I'm waiting for the Switch to get Madden. I, I don't, I don't know that they have it yet, but as soon as they get Madden, I'll, I will definitely go get it and be back on it. So yeah, hopefully we'll that see happens. How that goes. Um, all right. So the last thing here we, we've mentioned actually Santana Moss. Uh, I'm glad that you brought him up, and we've kind of talked about him here. So. The Commanders have released voting for their 90th, 90 greatest team with their 90th year coming up. And they're asking for fans to select the next 10. And they're given a choice of, it looks like, 17 guys. And I thought that we could talk about this real quick and some of your thoughts and maybe who you're voting for and maybe who you're not voting for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got the likes of, you know, both of both quarterbacks that were drafted in 2012, Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. and Robert Griffin III. So once again, another competition between those guys. Of course. Um, Champ Bailey. I mean, there's some names I, that I don't know. I didn't, I didn't experience like Laverne Torgensen and Larry Peccatiello. Right. Uh, but I mean, you see a name like Champ Bailey uh, selected. He, he's he's yep. got to get sick selected. Uh, Santana Moss, you got to pick him. Trent yep. Williams. I mean, you got to put him on the board. Chris mm-hmm. Cooley, you got to put him on the board. London Fletcher, put him on the board. Shoot, Mike Sellers, I put him on the board. Me you know too. what I mean? D'Angelo Hall, four four picks against. I mean, yeah, you got to put him on the board. There's a lot. The people, the pe- uh, Chip Lowmiller, I do remember that name. Stephen Davis, I remember that name. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's on there. He's all time sack leader for the team. Yeah, so like you got, you kind of got to include him. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the longevity, and that's why I, this might be a hot take. But I would leave Kirk Cousins and Robert Griffin the third off if I were voting for ten here. I just think you know, 2012 was amazing for for Washington fans, for Skins fans, and what what RG3 did. And then Kirk Cousins stepped in and had a few good years, but altogether it was only kind of like a four or five year stretch. And so yeah. to me, I think I would leave them off at least in this round. And I don't know if that's, that's going to ruffle feathers for anybody who might be listening, but I, I'm with you. Some of these guys that were there for 10 years, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, Trent Williams, even though he's on a different team now, Chris Cooley, there were some guys that put together some big, long careers there in Washington. And, yeah. you know, I think I give them the, the, the nod before those two guys. Yeah, I mean, as as the ones I've named, it's given us what eight, I think, eight or nine. One, I two, think three, so. Four. That's five, six, seven, eight. So that's eight. And then the ones that are left over, you have Kirk and Kirk and Robert, uh, Larry Peccatiello, Alfred Morris. I mean, love Alfred. Yeah. Joe Lavender. I mean, Alfred only had the three years, but he was just very, very good for those three, always, couple, couple Pro Bowls. And, yeah, and he always felt like he was in near the top five of rushing, at least for a couple of those years. Yeah. Um, yep. And then Stephen Davis was, was a beast back in the day, and then he continued on a pretty good career with the Panthers. I know it's not about the, the Panthers, but, you know, he was always – somebody to reckon with. So I just, you know, I think eventually if you came down to, to 10, you could potentially add the quarterbacks in there. But for me, I think that they're, they're kind of at the bottom of the list there, which I think is kind of fascinating. Um, yeah. I just think if I, that if I, had to, if I had, if I had to pick between one or the other, mm-hmm. I would, I would have to pick Kirk just because he, he stayed longer. Yeah. Nothing against Robert, love Robert. But I would have to pick Kirk. If you could only pick one of the two, I would have to pick Kirk just because he played there longer. Um, he does have a, a meme-worthy moment. Uh, yeah. You like that, you know. So I, I'm pretty sure he, he probably trademarked it if he's smart. So, um, I mean. Yeah, I think he did. 
I would, I would hope so, right? <laughs> um, but I mean, like you, you have some moments. I mean, obviously Robert has some moments as well, but I mean, there's just so many, it, it gets difficult, but those mm-hmm. top eight, you got to put them on there. I, yeah. Here's a funny story with my, Mike Sellers. My first experience with Mike Sellers. Remember I told you in Miami, I got knocked out. I didn't get knocked. I got, I got hit hard by the right. safety. I didn't get knocked out of the game, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> first practice, I get to Washington, right? We get up there um, at the park and we're on the field and they're like, Armstrong, we got a scout team kick return. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, you got the L5. And so you start from the outside in and I'm going one, two, three, four, five. I said, girl, I go back and I said, hold on, coach. He said, which one I got? He said, L5. I said, one, two, three, four, five. I was like, you sure? They're like, yeah, yeah, you got him. This dude running down the field. He oh. sees the fear in my eyes. <laughs> he's literally laughing as he's running down the field. And when I tell you I look like the best bullfighter, I, I was like, I'm not blocking this dude. Olay. Yeah, man. Olay. Like it was kind of one of those like I'm gonna get in the way, but it sure is this this little left side is gonna turn real easy. Like you don't, you know, I'm not gonna make this too hard on you. I mean what dude was like six four, two sixty or something like that. Ridiculous athletic jump over you. And there was a there was a year, I think it was oh five or oh six, one of those wild card teams with Joe Gibbs. There was a point in the season where he touched the ball 11 times and scored seven of them. I mean, so he could, he could take it into the end zone, too. I mean, that guy was a, a, a beast. So, yeah, he, he's, he's at the top of the list for me for just for numerous reasons. Yeah, I have to see, we have to see if we can get him on the, get him on the pod. Man, he's down there at the IMG Academy. He's yeah. coaching down there. He's still big as a bus, um, and he can push the bus, too. I mean, dude is <laughs> – enormous it, it, it don't make no damn sense to be that big <laughs> running down that the field. Fast, like, i'm yeah. like bro you're bigger than the running backs you're right. bigger than the linemen oh my gosh mike yeah. sellers cool guy yeah and i just remember there were there were times when when he was leading the way for clinton portis and i, I felt like sometimes clinton was trying to hang on for for dear life to keep up with him I mean, he was just a, an absolute tank out there and did a you bunch know of that things. if mike was running he that whatever was there was not going to be there much, that much longer. Like mm-hmm. it could be a wall, it could be cinder blocks, it could be people. It's not going to be there. You just get right behind him and just keep going trucking because he's going to move. He's going to move people. He was just imagine yeah. him and London Fletcher just hitting each other in, in the hole. I'll be out on the edge watching like, Ooh, <laughs> no, that, that, that's got to. That. You know you can hear the 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 pads pop. That 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 hit would definitely sound a little bit different than yeah. than, than the normal one. Oh yeah, and well, that's and that's what you get to hear in a week, folks. Yeah, that's what you're right. gonna hear in a week. Training camp coming up, Madden coming out, the ninety greatest Washington Redskins Commanders football teamers coming out. We're covering it all. Um, so like like we said at the beginning, football doesn't sleep, especially not in the nation's capital. So we'll be back with you next week, hopefully talking about some of the big plays that we hear coming um, from Ashburn. I uh, can't wait to talk about it as we get into some real football. I'm rubbing my hands together. We're almost there. I can smell it. Can't wait, Anthony. Uh, we'll get back at it next week. Thank you guys for listening. Yes, indeed. Appreciate y'all. Y'all get your, get your gear ready. If you're going out to camp, get you some sunscreen, hydrate. Please bring Sharpies. Okay, yes. bring Sharpies. Don't run up in there, I don't got a Sharpie, because I can tell you players don't have Sharpies <laughs> in the helmets. 
right? We might get one or two from some of the staff, but generally may not have a Sharpie. So please prepare yourself accordingly. Love it. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, y'all. Be easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.